Hello, this is Kenya, and welcome to my Magical Cottage Core Life. Today, we're going to talk about something really down home and farmy. And I don't even eat pork, but we're going to talk about it. Today, we're going to talk about sauce, head cheese, and salts. And no, they are not the same. The vital differences that you're going to get have to do with ingredients, cuts of meat, and the animals themselves. I'm coming at you large and in charge from a little detour in a hospital, so you may hear some chatter in the background, but I promise nothing confidential will be told. And I didn't want to miss an episode because I've been putting this off for a long time, so... Get out your big book of stuff and get out your recipes and your farm lore sections because today we're going to talk about making little meaty cheeses out of pigs. Now for some of you, when you think of cheese, you think of a milk byproduct. For other of you, others of you, you think of soybean curd. And still others think of plant cheeses that are not necessarily soybean. And yes, they exist. There is a wide world of things that are called cheese. And a lot more areas that make them other than Wisconsin. Ooh. But, um... In this episode, we're going to talk about cheese that comes from an animal made up of the animal, as well as other concoctions. If you are vegan, this is not the episode that might be for you. In all of the recipes that I'm going to give today, rest assured that when I actually encountered them, I believe that the ones that my family made were butchered humanely and raised with care. But you never really know unless you raise the animals yourself. So take that with a grain of salt. Alright, let's get started. around the holidays or especially around harvest time and the Yule or Christmas holidays while they sat and drank whiskey played cards smoked Territon regulars and sometimes would watch Fantasy Island watching a young and sexy Ricardo Montalban talking about driving around fancy cars in rich Corinthian leather seats and making good food out of dew with what they had. For others who made it up to the big city, it may have been a memory 
But for those who stayed on the farm, you might have remembered the time of year when it was to make sows, where the men would get together after processing the animal, and they would eat something only men could eat called the melt. And even now, I never really understood what part of the animal that was. If you know, let me know. I'm wondering if it was the spleen, but I don't know. And, um, so if that was your memory, you may remembering farming things. Hot, boiling cauldrons where people would make sausage and dip it in and other things that were processed right then. It really comes down to what your memory is. Or maybe you came from a Slavic household and you remember it quite differently there. And putting things in aspic, you know, that gelatinous dessert or food or whatever it actually is. And making part use of every part of the animal and the hog head cheese being it versus souse. But again, it comes down to what you remember. For me, it was definitely souse in the, um, the wintertime. some of you may have difficulty finding a random hog head just laying around at your grocery store. You should be able to order it from most most butcher shops. It is important to remember not to order a smoked hog's head. You need it fresh. You need it to not be smoked or else it won't work. The other thing you need to realize is that if you can't find a whole head, you should be able to make do with neck bones and if possible you can grab some ears too, but if not that's okay, and pig's feet. And the combination of those will give you the required amount of gelatin that you need. And it's very important that you use the pieces that we're discussing for very good reasons. You see, in most cooking recipes, you want the most succulent, precious, tender, choice cuts of meat. But in souse or hoghead cheese, you really are looking for the least expensive or the least traditionally desirable cuts of meat. You will find it's easier to work with them the more neglected they would be. But you're not getting organ meats for this. No, you want the head, the neck bones, uh, the, the ears if you can't find a whole head, the whole thing. Because what you're going to be doing is boiling all of this so that you can get the gelatin out because it's the gelatin that makes it all hold together and it's the gelatin that makes it that lovely loaf now another thing you want to remember is that 
There is a distinct difference between hoghead cheese, which usually contains only hoghead, and souse. Souse itself has vinegar in it. Seriously, that's one of the biggest differences. By definition, souse should have vinegar. However, in some cases, people will call hoghead cheese that doesn't have vinegar, and they'll call it souse, but that's not right. If it has vinegar, it's souse. Not to be confused with souls, which we're going to get into. So, make sure you know if it has vinegar. Traditionally, in the South and here in America, the United States, they used apple cider vinegar. So, that's what you'll probably use. I have not seen it made with white vinegar. I'm sure it could be, but I have yet to see it. So, you're going to need some apple cider vinegar and, of course, your favorite spices. There's a lot of recipes online. Just remember, this recipe is going to take all day long. So whenever you're going to make this, you need to set aside an entire day. That's morning, afternoon, and evening. Another thing you need to remember is that while sauce doesn't actually have to have a head, Hoghead cheese must, in general, have a head or at least neck bones. But I kind of want to keep it with the head. But the exception being that even though we don't add feet usually to the hoghead cheese, um, people often add tails. Don't ask me why. It's just the thing. But if you're making hoghead cheese, you have tails. And it's very labor intensive once you get past the boiling down process. So you, if you're squeamish, which if you're squeamish, why are you eating hoghead cheese? But if you're squeamish and decide to make hoghead cheese, understand you'll need to phone a friend because you're going to be getting really up close and personal with those parts. Parts is parts, as they say, but you're going to have to scrape the meat off all of those bones and pieces of cartilage, especially the pieces of cartilage that you want to keep. You should be boiling this for at least four hours to make sure everything's really soft. So get yourself a good friend and a good six pack. Now when you're making your hoghead cheese, another thing you want to look at is what kind of spices or sauces or seasonings or even vegetables you're gonna add to your hoghead cheese. Most people put onion, you know, or some sort of an allium. I haven't seen anybody use ramsons or ramps or bear garlic, but I don't actually make any assumptions. Now, let's talk a little bit about salts. Also known as zuls, zuls. It's a little difficult for me. Although I used to learn a bit of German, I just don't have that that touch that you need. Where's Rammstein when you need them? But anyway, yeah, this particular meat is like a form of hogshead cheese, but it's made only with the feet. And this little splash of lemon juice or vinegar. So it's closer to sauce than hog's head cheese, but it's in that same family. And it 
has a little bit of a different texture. Well, that's not really true. It has a lot of a different texture. And sometimes, even though it's not supposed to contain it at all, it's not uncommon for someone to sneak a little hogshead cheese in there. But the process of cooking makes this more of a sausage than a cheese. Now let's talk a little bit more about souse. I did get into how souse can have different cuts, but what I didn't tell you is that some souse recipes also have other animals in them. Like there's one really popular souse recipe that actually has beef tongue and pork tongue. So, you know, just keep an open mind if you're going to eat it that it may be more than what you think and less than what you think. I had a lot of nights where I would wake up in my childhood and there would be random parts in the giant electric roaster. Ah, just thinking about it. And there's a smell, <laughs> a very distinct smell that you get when you make sauce. And I'm not sure if the smell is the same for Zolz, but I do know it's the same for Hoghead Cheese as well. And it's, I can't explain it, you have to smell it. It's a very distinct smell. And one thing I can remember in particular is that you don't just use regular uh, powdered sage, you had to use rolled sage leaves for the best taste. But I won't get any more into that recipe because I don't have the complete recipe, and the recipes that I do have, I'm not giving you. So I'm just going to be blunt. I don't even eat pork. That's what, that's the worst part about this whole thing. I don't even eat pork. As you can tell, I'm doing the second half of this show outside. Um, I'm out of the hospital now. So you, you heard a crow in the background. But yeah, I just, I don't even eat that now. I don't even eat pork, but... There's all kinds of ways to do this, um, to make sauce or uh, zolts or hagen cheese, but you have to find what works for you, what tastes good to you. Uh, there are videos online where you can find ideas, but there's a whole experience involved when you're in a house that's cooking this kind of thing. Part of that experience is when you have that first look at the remnants of what's picked off of the sauce or picked off of the hoghead cheese after you've worked it. And it is a very distinct color of gray. You would think it would be pink, but it's actually gray. A really, really interesting gray that turns into a gelatinous uh, concoction. And that is what makes the cheese. Once all this cooking has been done, it's usually taking a whole day minimum. Wow, look at all these crows. It usually uh, takes a whole day. You pour it into your containers and you put it in your fridge. And once it's all done, eyes, ears, whatever else, other pieces you have, it has, it's just this large solid mass and 
for many people I know, I remember I used to work with a lady uh, at the bank. Her favorite thing was to freeze it, slice it, and eat it with uh, a nice ice-cold Pepsi and some crackers. For other people, they like to cut it and they like to... Um, serve it with, I want to say, liver cheese, but we'll get into that another day. I think this is a lot to deal with as far as um, interesting meat things, and if you're vegan and listening to this, I'm so sorry. You're probably like, no, but this is kind of part of Cottage Core, the farm aesthetic, so maybe your life is cruelty-free. I would like to think so, but for others, we do the circle of life. So if you're suffering, I am so very empathetic to you right now, but this is what it is. So I think maybe we've come almost to the end of our journey talking about these different uh, poor kind things. Um, <laughs> I will say these, these, uh, these particular things take me back to my childhood, but I am not really missing them that much. But for others, it is all a part of what it means to, to mark the seasons. You know, usually in the fall, that's the time we reap. Uh, the first harvest being in, right after midsummer. So we're heading toward that. We've passed midsummer. We're heading toward that first of the death harvests. And then there's the second. And then the, finally the third death harvest. But uh, something to think of. If you are interested in trying it, you might want to stop by your local farmer. Uh, you know, and find out if they're going to be making hogheads, hoghead, hogshead cheese or sauce. Or if someone you know makes it. And you might want to put in an order and, and take your shot. Just make sure that if you decide to try to make it, um, you want to taste it first so you have an idea of what it should kind of be going for as far as flavorings. And um, I always tell people when you're making something completely unfamiliar, try to find someone else who makes it if you can. It, it, it helps a lot. Uh, some things that you may not know are not quite right, you wouldn't know unless someone tells you. And lastly, I guess if I'm going to give you the best hint I can, other than just regularly scrubbing it, make sure you boil with scalding water, pour hot scalding water over your pig's um, parts because those bristles, those hairs are horrible. So you need to get those off before you start really cooking them down. Okay, I guess that's everything. Um, what else is there? I guess we finally come to the last part where we get ready to say goodbye uh, from this very long episode about uh, hoghead cheese, sauce, and zultz. Zultz. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. It's been quite the adventure. I was in the hospital for part of it. And the other part of it, I'm in a thunderstorm. So what are you going to do, you know? And I, I don't often share such intense topics. 
I try to be mindful of the fact that not everyone eats meat. So if this was a hard episode for you um, and you got through it, kudos to you. You've accomplished something uh, great. You've gotten over an aversion. And if you are okay with meat and it didn't bother you, kudos to you. You learned about a new meat. And if you know about this meat, kudos to you. Go and make sure you make some for the people who want to learn how. Um, Thank you so much for sharing this. I love sharing these kinds of things with my friends. And we're friends, right? Um, Interestingly enough, I can only hear out of one side right now because I had a June bug in my ear. So... That was why I was in the hospital. But that's another story for another day. Um, I do so love hearing feedback from you, though. No pun intended. So, if you can, drop me a line on my Magical Cottage Core Life on Facebook or in the Shire. And I look forward to seeing you next time here on My Magical Cottage Core Life.